You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I was telling the uh, group in the back, we always pray at 940 on Sunday mornings that as a young man many years ago, uh, I didn't think much about Veterans Day. You just didn't, I just didn't think about it. And uh, the older I got, uh, the more I thought about it. And uh, I brought two flags with me. Uh, this is my Uncle John Foster. He lived with Leanne and I in our little apartment behind our house when he passed away. And uh, my aunt, my, everyone here hears me talk about Aunt Tiny. Uh, she lives beside of us. And this was her husband, uh, my Uncle Cecil. And uh, uh, Aunt Tiny's my dad's only living sibling. And then uh, I think, you know, yesterday morning I had no plans uh, to be a part of the Veterans Day parade. And I'd already put our old scout away and had it covered up in the garage for the winter. And I called my brother-in-law, Rodney, one that we honored here today. And I said, Rodney, I'd like to drive you through the parade. Then when I stopped at the dollar store and bought the candy and seen how much they was charging for candy, I thought, what have I done? <laughs> and uh, I mean, I picked up the bag and it was nothing in it. And uh, so there we were, two tough men, him a veteran, and there's no heat in that old scout. And we, we had it fixed where other people couldn't see us when we drove through the parade. We had blankets across us. And, uh, but uh, I, I, I love uh, our country. My brother passed away uh, maybe five years ago, Vietnam veteran, came home from Vietnam, re-enlisted and went back. And uh, those five men, we'd like to have given quilts to all of you. Uh, those five men have been with us for a long time, and next year, God will lay more on our hearts. Um, stand with me this morning as we read the Word of God. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about identity. And how your identity needs to be anchored in God. And I believe there's a lot here that we can all learn today. I was thinking when the, when the veterans came forward, uh, that's not their identity. Not to take away from that. But those are believers, their identity is in Christ. Amen. So Paul is writing here in Colossians chapter three, verse one. And he said, if, and actually when I studied that a little bit, it wasn't a question. It was an assumption. He was assuming. He said, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If, it's an assumption. Again, he's assuming that they were believers. Listen, those who are saved, that's what he's talking about. Saved by faith in Christ. 
Pastor Rita, would you bless the reading of the word of God? veteran that stood in this place and thank you father for every veteran that attends here that was not here this morning we honor these men and we honor these yes, women God. because it's them because of them we're free today but also i want to thank jesus christ because it's because of him we are free today and we stand in our freedom and we thank you father because we know who we are why we're here and where we're going and father i do pray today that you would anoint my pastor our pastor as he stands behind the sacred pulpit every word that comes out i know i see him in his office on a daily short day and as he prepares father these lessons and these sermons that he brings to us i pray that your anointing rest heavily on him and that it would fall and run out and drip all over all of us father that we can go home with the anointing we can go home with the assurity that father i think too many times that satan has stolen our identity in the natural we can get our identity stolen in the spiritual we can get our identity stolen but oh blessed is the man and blessed is the woman who knows who she is who he is in jesus christ and all of our rights and our benefits. Uh, this word is your word. Honor it, Father. And as it goes forth, you said you would honor your word above your name. Thank you for saving the unsaved today and for doing miracles in this place today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated again. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Some translations reads like this, set your hearts uh, on things above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The goal was to live with an eternal perspective. Seek those things which are above. Uh, seek heavenly things, uh, the things of heaven. Uh, again, I don't want to come across uh, like I'm an old man, uh, but the older I get, the closer home that I get, uh, my thoughts kind of change. Uh, and I don't think about the, the things of the world and the, and the pleasures as much as what I think about the things of God and the things of heaven. Uh, the Bible said, set your affection, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Uh, the Bible says, oh God, I feel your presence this morning in Romans 12 and 2. And this is God's word to you and to I. God, the God of the universe uh, has a plan for each one of us uh, that we can live a life of joy and abundance and peace. Don't tune it out. Open up your heart today and ask God to speak to you. In Romans 12 and 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You've got to transform your mind. You've got to stay in the word of God. You've got to breathe the word of God. You've got to walk in his presence and in his anointing and the devil can't take away what God has given you. Somebody in the house, give God a shout of praise. Woo! 
listen to me, set your hearts on things above. The greatest test of your identity often comes when a major storm hits your life. Do you hear me? I wanna repeat it again. I said the greatest test of your identity often comes when a major storm hits your life. That's why you'll find, that's where you'll find when that storm hits you, that's where you'll find who you really are. Do you hear me? When you get rocked and your house begins to shake, you'll find out who you are. Do you hear me this morning? It could be an unwanted doctor's report. Anybody in the house ever go and just get a checkup and get an unwanted doctor's report? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It can rock your world. Anybody, I can remember as a young man going into the coal mines and they hired me and uh, several of us guys and we started out and they said they had 40 years of coal left. One year later, I walked in, coming out of the mines, going into the bathhouse, and they was handing pink slips. And I thought, wow, we, they said it was out of coal. I thought we were the best crew they ever hired. <laughs> they decided to take it from Federal 2 instead of Federal 1, and a pink slip, and I had a new home. And back then, you know, young, stupid, you just bought everything on consignment. Boats and campers and everything just started selling, you know. That pink slip rocked my world, but my identity, I wasn't a coal miner. Do you hear me? About that divorce paper. You show up and you get your mail and there's a paper in there. It rocks your world, doesn't it? Huh? In these moments, we're forced to wrestle through unwanted change. We've all been through some unwanted change. Can somebody say amen? And during these times, we begin to see where our identity is actually grounded. What is your identity? Huh? During difficult times, we often begin to question internally who we are. And not only do we question who we are, we begin to question our purpose. And not only do we begin to question our purpose, but oftentimes we begin to question our value as just as late as within the last 20 hours, somebody said to me, I just wonder what my value is. I'll tell you what your value is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should call upon his name shall be saved and live forever and ever, not perish. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are so valuable that God turned his back on his own son, Jesus. And if it would have only been you, only been me, Jesus would have died on a cross. Uh, don't ever question your value. Don't ever question your purpose because Jeremiah 29 and 11 gives you a purpose uh, and devil cannot take that away from you. Do you hear me? Your identity is in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Ah, I can't even see my notes. Ah, oh God, I need it. I need it. Maybe nobody else in the house does. In Genesis chapter 37, 
Joseph was betrayed by his brothers and Joseph was sold into slavery. Let's look at verse 23. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many collars. Joseph was the favorite son that was on him. And they took him and they cast him into a pit and the pit was empty, there was no water in it, and they sat down to eat bread. I thought, my goodness. Gonna kill your brother, throw him in a pit, and let's go to McDonald's and eat. Unbelievable. And they lifted up their eyes, and they looked, behold, and a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spices and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah saith to his brethren, what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? And then verse 27 said, come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be up on him. He immediately lost his relationships. He immediately lost his home and he immediately lost his possessions. Rejection. How many's ever been rejected in the house? It's painful, is it not? Rejection, malice, hostility, and abuse. Division within the family. Joseph's brothers rejected him and were bitter toward him. Many, and I would say probably in this room, have allowed bitterness to creep into relationships in their own family. Shame on us. And most times it's because of money and inheritance. I can remember when my father passed away and there was a little problem there because there was no will. And my sister and I, we didn't have no problem because we didn't work for it. It was his. My dad didn't like really animals, but if he'd have left it to the dog pound, it would have been his business. That got real quiet, didn't it? I'm on somebody's front porch. Mark 3 and 25, if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Have you allowed bitterness to creep into your family, to divide you? How many of us reject one another because of bitterness and hostility? Divided homes, divided relationships. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And let me read that again because I think you're not picking up what I'm laying down. Somebody asked me about that this week. Forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Man, he's forgiven me of much and he expects me to forgive. Do you hear me? So Joseph, all of his freedom and all of his dreams were crushed. The favored son of Jacob was now a slave in a foreign land. 
Nobody, nobody seemed to care for him. Read the story. It was one struggle after another struggle, one accusation after another, but he stayed solid, didn't he? And every time God honored him. Huh? Well, you don't know what's going on in my life. No, but God does. Do it right and sleep at night, right? So he no doubt battled with his own identity and he probably battled with his value in those dark moments in his life. And I'd say we've all been there at one time or another. It seemed all that he had left was his beating heart and his faith in God. Read the story, how God still used him every single time God showed up. Joseph, through his faithfulness, was made ruler over Egypt, second in command. Pharaoh said there won't be a thing done in this land unless you say it's okay. At the end of the story, his brothers that betrayed him, he rescued them and he saved their lives. There was a famine in their land and they came. And just because of his forgiving spirit, who do you have that you need to forgive? Pharaoh said, we can find no one like this man in this land. You read it, that's what he said. He said, I can't find nobody. How about in the book of Ruth, an elderly woman named Naomi also, she experienced great trauma, trying to survive a famine. Her husband died, both of her sons died. She's in a land that's not home, you hear me? In a land that's not home with no support. It's not like being a woman today. Her identity was her husband was her sons, no longer an active wife, no longer an active mother, left in poverty with no direction, no sense of her own purpose and no sense of her own value. And listen to how she responded when people greeted her by name when she came back home and I can't remember, I think it was like 10 years she had gone and she came back and in Ruth chapter one, verse 20, and she said unto them, cause they said, is that Naomi? Is that Naomi? Is that her coming? She probably older now, maybe bent over, broke down, I don't know. And said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. She said, God has chastised me. God's dealt bitterly with me. She said, I went out full when I left here and the Lord has brought me home again empty. I had everything and now I don't have anything. Why then call me Naomi seeing the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me. Naomi, the meaning of that name is pleasant. She said, no longer call me pleasant. She said, call me Mara. And the meaning of that word is bitter. Now she's walking in a bitter life and I wonder how many in the room because you've went through rejection and hard times, you've allowed a root of bitterness to come into your life. And that bitterness did not come from the Lord. Do you hear me? The devil is a liar. 
Now you find yourself in a bitter life and an empty life and, and losing everything. You know you can lose it all, but the devil can't take your walk with God because the devil didn't give it to you. The devil can't take your joy because the devil didn't give you your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you hear me? I'm trying to encourage somebody this morning. So in the midst of deep grief, Naomi was also struggling in her own identity crisis. In the book of Job, after this highly respected man had suffered the loss of his children, the loss of his servants, the loss of his possessions, he clung to God in the midst of devastation. But Job struggled with his own meaning in the midst of his suffering. The NIV version says, Job 3.11 says, this is Job speaking, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Life, my friend, life can have a brutal way of testing who we are. Can have a brutal way. Many in this room knows what I'm talking about. You've been through some difficult times and it leaves us at times wondering if we have any real purpose or any real value left. Listen, when our foundation is not strong, when you don't have a rock solid foundation, we will likely not start, uh, stand firm in the midst of our toughest storms. And everyone in this room, you will go through a storm. You need to hear me. Some of you may be just tuning me out right now. My friend, if life is good for you, I'd still listen. You hear me? If we've been basing our lives on the perception of our identity on changing things, things change. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, things change. Titles, titles change. I told him in the back a little bit about the message today. There's days I'll be sitting in my office and it's just as honest as I can be with you. And I sit there and I think about the privilege of pastoring this church for 30 years and I pray God gives me 20 more. And I'll sit there in my office and I'll think about the last day that I pack up my books. The last day that I walk out and hug the staff goodbye. Because somebody will replace me someday. And that is a hard moment when I talk about it. But my identity is not in my title, pastor. My identity is in Christ. Things will change. Your title will change. Rocky, I watched him walk down. Rocky at one time was the superintendent over the entire uh, Consol Mines over there. That title changed, didn't it, Rocky? You look at professional coaches and athletes and some of them when their season is over, they, they, they fall. They no longer have that arena of applause and that arena uh, of just great you know, things in their life. Friend, your title will change. You'll always be a mother, but your kids will move out. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, I hope he's telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Things will change. You can just look at some men and tell their identity is in their muscles. 
You ever watch a guy walk around, looks like he'd been stung under his arms with bees? He got his arms out like this. Uh, I'm 0.2% body fat. Uh, it will change, my friend. These guys from Fairmont State, they got a chest. I used to have a chest, I got chest or drawers now. My chest is in my drawers. I got a sucky shirt on underneath it. Just true story. Your title will change. True story. My wife's identity, that's Pastor Robert's wife. Never has bothered her because she knows who she is. Her identity is in Christ Jesus. I like making you laugh. Some people's identity is in their hair. Right? Yeah. One of two things, it will turn loose or it will turn collars. And then you got a head full of gray and a Chester drawer. <laughs> Finances can change. Your identity is not in your finances. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven, verse 24, wherefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. Let me stop for a second. This thing is not hard. I don't say that in arrogance. This thing walking with the Lord is really not that hard. It's just doing what he tells us to do. That's what's hard. He's got the perfect plan for every one of our lives. But we think our plan is better than his. Listen to what Jesus said. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. The wise builder, Jesus Christ was the builder. He was a carpenter. He was well aware of how to build things. The first point of importance in this scripture is therefore whosoever heareth the sayings of mine. You've got to heed, you've got to hear and then you've got to heed. Do you understand? There was two kind of builders that Jesus talked about. He said the wise and the foolish. If you are trying to build your house, your spiritual house, your body, your own family, your individual family, if you're trying to build any of those or both of those without building on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, you are a foolish, foolish man or woman. But if you'll stand firm on the principles of God Almighty and and build your house like the B-I-B-L-E instructs us to. Hell can't show up and blow your house down. Do you hear me? Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So at some point, everything we hold dear in this short life will eventually be tested, altered, or taken away. Everything, including our title, but our identity is in Christ 
and Christ alone. So as the stories of Joseph and Naomi and Job inform us, we need to lock in our core identity and anchor it in God and God's unchanging word. The core of your identity, here we go. So what is the core of your identity? When Job lost everything, let's read Job chapter one, verse 21. And here's what Job said. Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not and charged God foolishness, nor charged God foolishness. He had gotten down to the core of who he was, and he had nothing left but God to hang on to. Has anyone in this house been there to where you got clear down and it looked like death was knocking at your door? My friend, I promise you, you won't think about your title. You won't think about anything, your checkbook, your investments, you won't think about nothing, but you'll think about God, do you hear me? Job acknowledged two indisputable truths in verse 21. He could not take his wealth with him when he died. You need to hear that. You don't even own anything because our God, our Father, owns everything. Do you hear me? Everything. Everything that I have. And if you will ever come to that revelation that you can acknowledge uh, that everything that you have is just given to you and you are a steward because you will not pack it up. You will not take... I heard a story one time, someone wanted to take all their money with them. Uh, uh, this guy told his wife, he said, when I die, I want to take all my money with me. And she said, okay, I'll make that happen. And she wrote a check and put it in his casket. <laughs> huh? When you come on a serious note, when you get to the place in life that you realize you don't own a thing, God owns it and he's trusting you to use it. The second thing is, when you get to the place you realize the Lord is in control of your life. The Lord is in control of your life. Think how remarkable Job's attitude was here. He didn't complain and he didn't question God, not at this time. He bowed reverently and he worshiped. So when you get that pink slip, when you get that unexpected divorce paper, it's gonna rock you. But that job, that spouse, that's not your identity. As painful it may be, follow God's instruction and worship him. Stand with me, would you please? God's greatest commandment, and Jesus said in Mark 12 and 30, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is what is called a personal personal relationship, not a distant relationship. How long has it been since you talked to God? How long has it been since you sat down in a peaceful, quiet place and picked up his word and let him talk to you? Or is it now I lay me down to sleep? I don't know the rest of it, so I better stop there. Do you only talk to him when you need something? So let's get to the heart of our identity. What is the heart of our identity? 
It's very simple. It's your heart. Your spiritual heart is described in scripture as the innermost part of your being that God's everything in your life, your heart, your heart. Do you have a heart after God just for the things, the blessings of God? Or can you have a heart for God when you're in the valley? Huh? Listen, you think I'm lying about the heart? Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Written by King Solomon, known as the wisest man ever. You think you're smarter than King Solomon? Huh? Let me read it again. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. I got some other things right there on that, but I want to jump to the last part. Very important that you hear me. Two identities. Two. When Job was suffering and cursing the day of his birth, you remember, he said, why didn't I just die when I came from my mother's womb? So when Job was suffering and cursing the day of his birth, something else was happening behind the scenes, very important, that he didn't even realize what was going on. Job actually had two identities, one on earth and one in heaven. His identity on earth, according to Job chapter one, extremely successful man. That's how he was identified on earth. On earth, his identity said he was a faithful husband, a loving father to 10 children, very respected, wealthy landowner with thousands of livestock and many servants. One man, two identities. But what Job didn't know was that he also had an identity and a reputation in heaven. God called him in verse eight. There is none like him in the earth. A perfect and upright man. One that feareth God and escheweth evil. One man. You ever think about that? One man, two identities. When tragedy struck, Job's identity on earth was rocked. Rocked, you hear me? Satan left him depressed. Satan left him impoverished. Satan left him with 10 dead children with his crop stolen or destroyed and his body was covered in boils. Think about it. His identity on earth was rocked. Which of the two of Job's identity really mattered? I got to think, I sit in my office. Listen, I've been called everything, honestly. I've been called cult leader. You all don't drink the Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> 30 years been called cult leader. You can't join that church unless you give the pastor the credit card. Can you imagine anybody would even believe something that stupid? Huh? I've been called it all, but it don't matter. I can stand here. I said to pastor, I think it was pastor Aaron this week, I know without question, and I've made a lot of decisions in 30 years, but I never once made a decision for this church that would benefit me personally. Never, never. 
took advantage or took for granted of anything. Never, not one time. So my identity in heaven is what matters. And if I can pillow my head at night, Vern, and go to sleep and sing it as well with my soul, it don't matter. I've gotten pink slips. I got a divorce paper 27 years ago. I can go right on down the line, but my identity has not been in any job, any title, any relationship, any friendship. My identity has been in none other than Christ Jesus. Give God a hand clap of praise in your own life. Colossians chapter three, verse one, and we'll close. If you have been redeemed. <laughs> Some of you Pentecostals said, praise God. He's talking in tongues. <laughs> and he just went. <laughs> Colossians <laughs> chapter three, verse one. If ye, I, I, I got slow here. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you're seeking the things of the earth, you're seeking dead things. Because when Jesus was on the earth, the last he was in the tomb. But he's no longer on earth and he's no longer dead in the tomb. He's alive and he's well. And he's seated on the right hand side of his father interceding on our behalf. When he looks down, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, bless him, bless him. When my father looks down, he doesn't see my title. He doesn't see any of those things that we talked about. He sees his son Jesus, if we're a believer. Our identities in Christ. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I said I was going to close. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that doesn't mean anything. There was two prayers here in Ephesians that I want to read to you. And Paul was praying for his readers. In Ephesians chapter one, verse 15 through 19, listen to Paul's prayer. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul said, I love you, man. And I'm praying for you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Paul said, I'm praying for you to have the spirit of wisdom. And a revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So there in chapter one, he was praying for those that was following to his readers. Here's his other prayer in Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. For this cause, he said, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glories to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. In both of these prayers, both of them, Paul did not pray for their health. Paul did not pray for their jobs. Paul did not pray for their families. Paul did not pray for their financial issues. In both of these prayers, he prayed that God's spirit would reveal truth deep in their hearts, giving them the understanding to know who they are in Christ. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Can we be honest this morning and I'll speak to the believers for a moment that you're a believer and you've struggled. You're struggling in your purpose. You're struggling in your identity. You're struggling in your value. Would you slip your hand up high? My God, my God. Then I trust that through this message today, God has spoken to your hearts. You can put your hands down all over this sanctuary. Have you identified as a child of God? Have you called upon the Lord? Have you prayed and asked Christ to forgive you of your sins? If you've not done that, right where you're at this morning, I'm not gonna single you out. I'm not gonna call you out. But I pray heaven has called you out. I pray heaven has spoken to your heart to your inner man. Friend, if you've never prayed and asked Christ to come into your life, would you do that this morning? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, right where I'm at today, right here where I'm at, right where I'm standing, right where I'm sitting, I want to ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. Is there one? Is there one in the house? Is there one? I see that hand, thank you. Thank you. Somebody else? Somebody else? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that heaven is your home? If there's any question at all, most people say, I hope so. Can you imagine putting eternity into just a hope so? Is there another this morning? I don't want to tarry too long, but I don't want to cut it short either. Is there another? Today we'd like to ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. And as every head is bowed, that hand that went up there in the back, would you look right at me? Thank you. And don't be ashamed. Pray this prayer out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, today I lay my sins 
at your feet. And I ask you to forgive me. And from this day forward, I'll do my best to live my life for you. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but today I call upon you, Jesus, as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Can we give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? And we welcome her to the family of God. All over this sanctuary this morning, hands went up and said, you're struggling. As Pastor Kerry leads us in a song, would you come? Would you come? We have people here to pray with you. At any time, if you see someone, you want to pray with them, you come. Whether you're with them or you're not, just come. If you're struggling, just come. Would you please? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 